30 limousines filled with niggas driving off into the sunset. Sorry for the inconvenience. Good Lord, you're a cool, sweet motherfucker, sugar. I love to see shit like that. You love to see anything, you blind motherfucker. Hello, lovers. My name is Alana. My name is Kay. And I'm Gina. And thank you for tuning in to yet another episode under quarantine from Gag Reflex. Uh, We're happy to have you listening. Thank you for choosing our podcast to lend your ears to during this. What do they? I always forget the word, but what do they refer to it as? On something (laughs) unprecedented. sorry um also if you guys while you're listening to this if you hear anything that sounds weird it's also because we're doing this over zoom so we can all see each other and we're probably laughing at things that we are doing while recording as right now gina is touching her nose and rubbing her tummy Are you supposed to touch your head and rub your tummy? <laughs> <laughs> it's pat your head and rub your tummy. Uh, and I've also done some shrooms, so I have a little bit of the giggles. Now. <laughs> I haven't done shrooms since I went to Miami in 2016, maybe? Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah I think it was 2016. That was the last time I did shrooms. Honestly, it's, I think, like, ever since, like, two years ago, like, I just found, like, a deep connection with it, and, like, a couple of streams, not, like, a a full dosage to trip, but, like, you know, a good amount and, like, a couple beers, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm happy, I'm vibing, like, I'm in a good mood, life's great, forget about all the bullshit around me and moving yeah. on um and it's My also like and- you don't have to go and like no so you can uh, you don't have to like go and smoke a joint or like you know take a hit of a pipe or whatever to get high it's just like just eat it while you're drinking inside outside wherever it's easy but <laughs> she didn't go <laughs> oh i was just saying no my friend matt oh matt shout out to matt uh he does the same thing too he uh casually takes a little stem or like a cap or whatever and has a beer and, and chills and he like gardens now so like well he's always gardened but like now he has the time to do that so he's been thriving and sh- and shrooming and enjoying all of that have i met matt uh i think so i think so i don't know it's been a long time <laughs> since he's been i feel like uh, i feel like in the earlier stages of our friendship i met a lot of your friends whose names i don't remember fully now but yeah, also, we always had visitors from out of town. For real. And then, like, well, even, was, like, looking at some of the old photos that I have, like, the Polaroids, I was like... Yeah. Like, who are these people? I was going to have <laughs> a visitor come by, actually, the weekend before everything shut down. Um, oh. And then she canceled, because, obviously, it wasn't good <laughs> here. It was yeah. crazy. We, I had, like, a packed weekend that weekend. I was going to go to some Me too. Show. I was going to, yeah, right? I was going to go to the, mo- like, a cute movie on Sunday, going to do a dinner, like, this yeah. whole thing. It's so funny because the week before the shutdown, I had received all these invitations to birthday dinners and parties and listening parties and all these things. And I was triple booked. Oh, and I was supposed to go see a play. Well, free. aren't like, you was- just like the social <laughs> butterfly? I'm just- Social butterfly queen over here. (laughs) You know, her social calendar just like packs up. (laughs) Look, side note, if you really want to get a lot of to come to your event, you need to book in advance, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what I was saying (laughs) is that I was worrying about how, because I wanted to go to everything. And I'm like, how am I going to make this work? Like, I want to go to this, I want to go to that. And support friends and show up because that's what I think is very important, just showing up. And then it went from 
a hundred to zero basically because everything was canceled. <laughs> so I was like, well, that kind of solves that problem of trying to triple book myself and figure out how to go be in three places at once. But, For real. Yeah. I mean, I don't typically celebrate my birthday, but um, in the months prior to my birthday, I was like, hey, maybe this year I should do something. I was feeling different and like, you know, things have changed for me. So I thought, hey, like, let's go for it. But then as the time progressed, I was like, it's not even worth it. And shortly after, a few days after everything went into lockdown. So I was like, not worth a damn at all. And even then it was like, you know, places were regulating how many people could come in. So it's like, even if you were to invite somebody somewhere, it's like, not everyone that you invited could have came in if it was like a group of like 10 or more considering mm-hmm. how many other people were already in that space so that's that <clears throat> yeah but now it's kind of like we're reverting back to that once things are reopening we'll see but it's gonna be difficult for places to kind of like generate the same revenue or enough revenue to keep its employees happy. And then also some people who, I feel like, especially for restaurants themselves, cause like a lot of people will probably feel like they don't want to sit and dine unless they are doing like a business meeting with someone who is in from out of town or whatever. Whereas like everyone may feel more comfortable going to a bar with their friends to drink. <sighs> Time will tell. Do we have any gags? This is, this is not a gag, but it <laughs> is, the, well, I didn't mention this one before when we were pre-discussing, but um, this is a giant ass fuck you to District Attorney Jackie Johnson. Um, I'm sure most of you have since heard who she is. Uh, she is obviously a district attorney who knew Gregory, excuse me, uh, Gregory McMichael, who is Ahmad's murderer. One of Ahmad's murderers. Um, The dumb bitch was in cahoots because she knew uh, Gregory McMichael and she stopped them from going after Gregory and his partner in crime. So an absolute giant fuck you to that dumbass bitch. And I think she should be locked up for conspiracy along with the two other fuckers. Yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me, I would like to add that I listened to the Daily podcast this morning and they give a really a good summary of what happened. And one of the reporters who... Um, investigated from the New York Times, who investigated and found that report from the DA's office saying why they should not prosecute the, the McMichael. And it wasn't until it went public with the video that there was attention uh, placed on this issue, this case, this murder. And so, yeah, they're basically just going to get away with brushing it under the rug uh, until they didn't, so. Wasn't it crazy to think also, like, how many other cases that we may not know about that are very mm-hmm. similar have just been kind of just, uh, yeah, uh, not brought to light and obviously a lot of injustice and that's a scary thought, too. <laughs> that's a very scary thought. I think a lot of people yeah. show outrage just because they can kind of infer what the injustices may be and like how the layers of what it is. Cause for me where I really started to take notice and um, pay attention and what opened my eyes was with um, the Khalif Browder story. Uh, mm-hmm. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but um, that was a very really interesting cut because I told my friend that it was odd. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. So uh watching that like really just like opened my eyes how you know the system is designed to just kind of like continuously fuck you until you break and they don't honestly care what the outcome is because 
the, there's this one level that's saying fuck you, which is like the judicial system. But then once you're in, this is the other system, which is the prison system. Then there's a whole other ball game that's going on. Mm-hmm. And even with this case, with the Amon Arbery case, the justification that the DA's office gave was the fact that the law in Georgia that supports citizens' arrests and the fact that there were alleged burglaries in the area and these these men were just trying to apprehend this alleged person who was a suspected burglar of the neighborhood, which makes no sense. But they supported these um, these terrible arguments by saying that they were within their right to pursue him and conduct a citizen's arrest because that's the law in Georgia. And then there's also no law on the books in Georgia for a hate crime. And so it's like the systems in place support this type of racist act and it gives them justification. Just like with, Trayvon Martin and the standard ground law in Florida, that was their justification that he felt threatened. And so he stood his ground and used deadly force on an unarmed teenager, and I think unarmed black teenager. In regards to a lot of times, they can also use the same um, justification by you know being feeling threatened which is like why their hand is always on the gun i feel like i saw a video a couple months ago where um even in new york on in the projects like this somebody recorded themselves going up to a cop who was standing in the projects and like he did something but whatever he did was not necessarily threatening and maybe that's because i'm somebody who is just like a normal person i'm a black person who's lived in the hood or has been in new york for his whole life but the cop immediately went for his gun like didn't pull it out but like his hand went to it automatically and was like resting there um going back to what you were saying is that i honestly feel like I under, I heard that argument that, you know, citizens arrest, but citizens arrest means that you put someone under arrest. You don't murder them in cold blood and leave them in the fucking street to die like a dog. Exactly. Also, where's your proof? Because if these were cops, you would, at, or if these were like, if this was an actual investigation, you would need proof. So where's your proof to find that this was your person of interest? Mm-hmm. And then if well, that then was the case, that video, of, of Ahmad in, on the construction site. Which it, proves nothing. That doesn't nothing. mean anything, exactly. He literally was just like walking nothing. from point A to point B. He didn't touch anything. He didn't piss. He didn't take a shit. He didn't <laughs> do a damn thing. He was literally standing while black in like, a I've space. I've definitely done that. Maybe he walked in there because he was like, hey, I live in the neighborhood. Let me see how they're building this house. Maybe I'm into construction. They don't know. And that one asshole who fucking posted it on Twitter, I like called him out on it because it was so irritating. He was like, he said some dumb shit, but I was like, but does this mean that he should be murdered in the street? He should just be left for fucking dead? Like your blatant racism is ignorant and like you have no justifiable point in saying this besides the fact that you want to like out yourself as a racist (sighs) infuriating it really is that's why we got under quarantine educate 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 well it's hard to educate those who are not willing to learn oh no no well yes yes and but i also feel like it doesn't at this point for me at least i don't i used to care that i was like annoying or political and I like try to stay away from that. And I've gotten to the point with my family, at least, that I just need to like be open and kind of upfront and um, educate. If not even my family, uh, other white friends, other even if they're not white, like people that aren't raised in certain areas, in certain demographics, uh, raised with certain people, even though they're of another race, like people don't know and people need to know it doesn't matter if at this point for me it's like i don't care if i piss you off anymore it's just like you need to know how i feel about the situation and if it doesn't align with what 
you know, I feel like then that, you know, you see more about what they have to offer and say. So I feel like when people are like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, besides just sign a petition or run these miles for him, like, what can you do? It's just like, be open, educate, like, reach out to that family member that like may not agree with this or in the past is like pro gun or pro whatever, like reach out to them. Be like, this is why this isn't right. Be, or, or, or just be upfront, like, and, and be persistent because you'll have family members or people that are just not going to like, or that are going to ignore you or whatever, but like, bring it up. You know, I've had this conversation with my mom multiple times. She's super emotional. I know that because of that, she's going to talk to another friend and that friend Mm -hmm. maybe might be emotional about it. And then maybe that friend can spread it to another friend. Like who knows, you know, just like be super persistent. Like your emotions and your feelings are valid. If they're the right (laughs) emotions and feelings, of course, not like Mm -hmm. let's shoot someone. Um, But see, that's the problem is that everyone thinks they're right. You know what I mean? Like we think that, this is wrong and they don't feel that way they feel that that the mcmichael's actions were justified they as in people who you know support those actions and there's no convincing them otherwise we're just so so stupid because like now we have actual video like footage to show here he is just like jogging down the street with his hood up not a care in the world not really paying attention to who's behind him. And then these dudes are following him, stalking him, being predators, and then they just go out to physically assault him. Yeah. And it's like, it's two to one, not to mention the other person who's in the second car recording. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just, honestly, people like that have twisted worldviews and they feel like it's within their right to pull out a gun and shoot a black man that has posed no threat to them whatsoever. But they feel it's within their First Amendment and Second Second Amendment rights. They can say what they want. They can pull out their gun and shoot whoever they want. And it's, now that you bring that up, it's also interesting to see the group of individuals who decided to storm that uh, government building mm-hmm. with guns in tow and not a single person was murdered in sight. You know, all of these mm-hmm. police officers and people of uniform being both physically and um, I guess emotionally berated to their faces, you know, by dozens of white people. But yet no one's grabbing their gun, no one's fearing for their life. Right. I'm not I'm not saying that that was good in, in any form or way possible, but I, in a way I'm like kind of glad that there is like footage or videos and photos of this so that people it, it can be spread and be like there is an injustice here. Like, we're not just making this bullshit up. <laughs> like, there is literally... Well, that's the this. issue. There have, I mean, it just takes me back to even, like, the Rodney King case where there was footage yeah. of him being beat by several cops and they got away with it. Even though it's a clear violation of his rights. But it didn't matter. And it continues to this day. I don't like to go back to that time period because what I think about, especially given the place where that was done, like in California, there was also that little girl who um, was in a, uh, like a convenience store and that Asian woman shot her in the back. A little girl, couldn't have been more than like 14 years old, shot um, in the in back. In the 90s? Yeah. And that- she got away with it. No charge. I used to get followed around in certain stores in California um, because I was Latina. <laughs> Were you dressed like a chola? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Did you I have drawn dress- on eyebrows? No drawn on eyebrows. I think I was like maybe 10 or 11 or 12. Uh, I used to collect stationery and I, I used to get uh, followed around. <laughs> wow. Um, 
I've gotten. I still get bought around today. Like certain stores that I go into, or Mm -hmm. that I used to go into now that we're under quarantine. Um, and those are the places in which like I will continue. I will continue to go there, but I won't purchase anything because I would like to prove to you the point of like, hey, the fact that you have this person who has been conditioned to follow someone like me, even though I don't look threatening or I look like I'm a I'm mischievous I'm not going to give you my money because you don't deserve it I'm going to go in and see the products that you have because I want to know what's in stock and what's in season or whatever but I'm going to go find it elsewhere yeah that's why I'm also very curious to see how all of this pans out because essentially they haven't been convicted yet um these two men Mm -hmm. and that's always like the thing that that's what happened with the Javon Martin kind of case and that whole thing and so i'm very curious to see how that pans out i'm just curious to see how a lot of things kind of pan out after all of this post pandemic too (laughs) i want to start a petition to get her ass locked up along with the other motherfuckers who deserves it yeah they need to investigate that entire done and done police department and (laughs) The criminal justice system mm-hmm. down there in that precinct or whatever. Um, so right. now that we've exhausted that horse, uh, let's move on to our topic for the show itself. Wow, I'm so visible today. You uh, what? <laughs> I'm so visible in the screen. <laughs> 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 I don't think I'll ever hear you say that ever again. (laughs) You're in rare form today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, usually it's um, it's usually like a lot darker when we record. So my background and surrounding is darker. (laughs) But (laughs) that is not our topic. Our topic is discussing what post Rona life is going to be like or what we think it may be like in the ensuing months and maybe even the following year if we can get there yeah um for me personally it's very hard to predict anything just because i feel like you're gonna have the two sides of this, the extremists and then like the reservationists. Um, the extremists are people who are gonna like, you know, go full force and be like, wow, we have like, you know, our privileges back. We can go out to bars, we can go drink, we can sit down at restaurants, we can do everything that we weren't allowed to do and, you know, take advantage of that and like, you know, go traveling, do whatever they need to. But then you're gonna have people who are still scared to get on trains, which is gonna take them longer to get to work if they have to go to work. People who are gonna be you know, scared to go into public spaces or not as willing to come into close contact with someone just because of all of this. And then you're going to have some people who are still going to be wearing masks for the foreseeable future. I agree that, I mean, we're already seeing that happening now. I saw a clip from, I forget what state this was in, but there was this restaurant that was full of people. It was crowded in there. Crowded. I saw it in Colorado. Was, it may have been the same, the same clip. I was watching Trevor Noah's show last night, and they showed it on there, and there was a sign in the window in the front of the restaurant that said, all are welcome, we're open for business, and don't bring your fear in here. If you're, if you're afraid to come in here, then stay home. I was like, really? Okay. And I'm not supporting your business. (laughs) Because you're obviously not taking any precautions to help make sure that the, the virus doesn't continue to spread. Like, you're encouraging people to walk into your establishment mask free, gloves free, and just like, don't further any kind of social distancing um, procedures and just like act as if everything is normal. So you're gonna have those people 
And then I think I'm going to fall into the category of individuals who is, are more apprehensive to re-enter society fully. There's like no holds barred. Like I don't feel comfortable with that in the foreseeable few months, I would say, like in the, the near future. My job, we're not even expected to return to the office until August. And so that's fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> but my biggest question is like, where do you draw the line? If I, if I want to wear a mask in public, that obviously means the subway. Like I'll probably wear a mask on the subway. But do I then take off my mask when I enter the office? Because that's still technically a public space, even though it's a smaller group and people that I know, but that doesn't mean that they're any less likely to be carrying the virus. Right. I don't know. I just, I don't know. And then going into restaurants, how am I going to eat? Like, it doesn't make sense to walk into a restaurant with a mask and then take off the mask to drink and to eat and to socialize because you're ultimately still exposing yourself. So I just don't know what the the protocols are and what the standards are going to be because every business can basically, because unless it's, unless there are regulations set in place by the government, each company can basically do what they want. It's going to become the wild, wild west. That's what I think. I think it's going to be messy. Every man for himself. Every man for themselves, every business for themselves unless or every business for itself unless the government places some sort of guidelines and standards right outside of that i think we're just going to see businesses and individuals just kind of doing what they feel comfortable doing like what they feel is within their comfort zone well to brought up feel a... protected you brought up a valid point about, um, you know, exposing yourself. And I feel like even bringing it back to being on lockdown, it's like people who are still ordering food. I myself am one of those people, um, not all the time, but every now and again. Um, even with your delivery drivers, you know, you don't know who they've been in contact with, who they've been around, and then them picking up the food from whomever they picked up the food and like how that establishment is um protecting themselves and their employees mm -hmm. it's like even if somebody is wearing gloves how many other products have they touched with those gloves yeah and even before we went to lockdown that was something that i was noticing with people it's like you have people who are on the train you know touching poles with gloves on but then like they're carrying bags with their gloves and they're switching hands with the bags and then like if you're so worried about germs getting all over the place and it's like the germs can crawl up the gloves and go onto your skin itself, but then they can also go inside the bags. And then like when you get home, are you, you're going to grab the handles with your bare hands to take out the items. That There's are the so contents many things inside. to consider when wearing gloves. Like when, when we go grocery shopping, we usually wear gloves. And then it's like, okay, when you go to pay, do you use those same gloves to take your credit card out? Exactly. Because now your credit card is contaminated. Exactly. Because like take those use those same gloves to take out your keys to open your front door. It's just like all these little things to consider. And I think that's something that's driving people crazy because in the effort to protect yourself, you're becoming like paranoid or overprotective or just like overthinking everything in an attempt to protect yourself from exposing your body to the virus also like think, Gina? I, I, well to add on to the the washing of the hands i just think that like people in general like not not everyone obviously but a lot of people just weren't worried about their hygiene their personal hygiene and um i had a conversation with couple of people about like the polls and and obviously it varies in different states and where you're you know for a lot of people they don't have to worry about public transportation for us it's like essential to get to work you know unless we can walk there which is not the case for a lot of people but like 
just people weren't like washing their hands after touching the poles, you know? And it's not even that. It's like there's or one using thing. the bathroom. <laughs> or using the bathroom. And then there's like the there's one thing touching and spreading, right? There's an also there's and then there's also like touching your face, which is like the most the key thing. And then there's also like you're sneezing and coughing and you're not covering your mouth. And if you are with your hand, like that's spreading it there. You know, it's just like it's more so we have to now live in a world where we have to be a little bit more cautious about um, how we're doing things and how we're spreading things. And, and I think for me, actually, we used to wear um, gloves out and stopped wearing them because I got kind of got to the point where it's like, I'm still, regardless, the, the germs are spreading from one thing to another. But now mm-hmm. I come home and I disinfect everything with a like a Clorox wipe. <laughs> I'm one mm-hmm. of those people that's like, Clorox wiping the pasta, <laughs> Clorox wiping, the, yeah. you know, the things. And it's like, are these things that we're going to have to continue to do? Are these, yeah, just things we have to do moving forward? Um, I think everyone should be practicing, you know, all of these <laughs> specific um, hygiene, like, regimens because, you know, this is how things spread. And even if we're looking at it, like, a month or two from now, it's like, yeah, continue doing this and be be scared, be, you know, a little bit worried. And then like a year from now, maybe not as intense. Maybe I'm not going to have to Clorox wipe all my stuff, but like, I'm still going to wash my hands <laughs> after I use mm-hmm. the bathroom. I'm still going to like, you know, just be a little bit more aware of everything around me kind of thing. But will you yeah. be those people who's outraged because you can't go running in a marathon? Oh, well, that that's one uh, another thing I was going to bring up for me. I think the three things that I was thinking about before, you know, talking to you guys was work. And I think, I think Alana touched up with um, like office space, office work. I I read an article that said that offices will not have to be like, your things will have to be covered with like plastic, uh, like saran wrap so that it's easier Mm -hmm. for people who clean it to disinfect it, which I thought was hilarious. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. But like, how would it get under? Okay, continue. Sorry. You would just be limited to whatever you have on there. It'd be literally like your mouse, <laughs> like maybe a water bottle or something. Um, so the office space thing was is also something to really consider. And as I mentioned to you guys before, like there are certain companies that are like, you know what, we can do all of this at home. We're get we're running everything fine. This has proved to be such a very like effective, uh, I guess, test uh, for whether or not we can do this at home. And we can, exactly. you know. And so all that money that they were spending on spaces, sorry to cut you off, but really no, quickly, all the money that they were wasting on like renting a space or with the space that they purchased to, and the bills that they were like accommodating by using this space, it's like, that was completely unnecessary. That space right. cannot be used for something else that's probably more important than your business that can run as smoothly from home. Oh yeah, it's like the fewer overhead costs, the better. Exactly. Save the money. Donate that that amount of money that you were accumulating every month for whatever you were paying for. You can now either put it into your company to like giving bonuses or donating it to a foundation and organization organization that is uh, in need of it. Um, yeah, something important like that. But a quick side note in terms of like donating money. Um, the company that I spoke about uh, the last time that we recorded, uh, Fort Trough, which is a queer male, queer person's uh, sex toy company. They are don't they're based out of Atlanta, but they also donate their to um, organizations in Atlanta that uh, support LGBTQ uh, and homelessness for LGBTQ people. So I just wanted to highlight that. So if you are spending your money with them, you are doing a good thing and it is something to be aware of. Cool. Yeah, so thinking ahead a year from now, summer 2021, I don't know if music festivals will be back in full swing or if people will still kind of be traumatized (laughs) and like uh, reluctant to enter those huge public spaces and uh, 
large, massive crowd? I don't know. I mean, I had already started to become overwhelmed by music festivals, even though we were planning to go to Coachella this year. But I hadn't been to a music festival in a couple of years just because it was overwhelming to be in those large crowds all day and in the sun, drinking, smoking, whatever. So I was like, I feel like I've aged out of the music festival scene. <laughs> Well, just as you were describing, it sounded like an oasis. It's like, I mean, right. For you, it sounds like an oasis. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Like, cause I don't like being around people that much. <laughs> but just like in, in theory, it's like, oh, like what, what kind of vacation are you describing? I know, right? Oh, it's like you're outside, that. you're listening to live music. But it, I just, it just, I just reached a point where I was like, okay, I had a great time, but I think I've hit my limit. And then this year, I was making an exception for Coachella and, you know, everything was underway, <clears throat> excuse me, up until about a month before when everything was shut down and it was postponed to October, <clears throat> excuse me, and we're not sure if we're going in October, if it will still happen, um, whether or not it will happen, I don't know if we're going to actually make the trip uh but then thinking ahead to next summer i don't know i just don't know if if it will look like summer's past where the music festival circuit is popping and you know new york itself is just very energetic and active because i I believe that summertime in New York is the best time to be here. That's my favorite <sighs> season. I love Ugh. summer in New York. Ugh. I love it. Ugh. It's a little too hot <laughs> for me, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Gina. What? Like, it, I love it. It is. It's, oh, God. I don't, and it, for me, I never understood why tourists like to be here in the summertime. I'm like, it's a fucking concrete jungle. Like, why would you want to be around, a, like, a city There's so much to cement. do. A city of cement but then everyone still goes indoors that's a thing it's like <laughs> yes you have like the beach and like you have you know outdoor patios and backyards and beer gardens and things like that yeah, but it's like that people stuff. still go indoors for the air conditioning it's like no one's yeah. like literally standing on the street like yeah the sun is fucking lit bro like i am living my life because the sun is out I mean, you have but people I, who are, like, in parks and, like, having picnics and stuff like that, but... Yeah, it's my favorite. Also, because, like, running in the summertime is... Oh. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, I've... I just want to, like, after, like, the first half of my... I just want to, like, drop on the floor and, like, <laughs> lay there. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, why am I doing this to myself? It's so difficult to breathe and to, like, want to continue to move and exert mm -hmm. energy to, like, heat your body up more to then sweat profusely to continue your run yeah but, but what I would like to ask you is like if Coachella were to happen in October how would you feel with like the travel plans and like going to an environment where you're going to be around thousands of people and yeah. what potentially may uh the what that may look like potentially I don't know um Right now, we're willing to go if it is not canceled. But we'll have to reassess because I don't know what will happen between now and then. Right. But you're going to feel comfortable getting on the plane. And um, yeah. At, right now, right now, like if the, if, the, if the festival was supposed to be happening in June, no. I would not be comfortable. I would not be comfortable flying to California and going to a huge um, music festival like Coachella. But in October, okay, things may like I'll have to reassess right. probably in September to see what has changed and if the state of things has improved to the point where I feel comfortable entering such a large crowd of people. But right now I'm, I'm open to it, depending on what the future holds. 
I'm optimistic, let's say. I'll say I'm optimistic, but I also have to be realistic. And thinking ahead to next summer, I think a year from now, hopefully, because we're going to enter a recession and the job market will be really bad. So hopefully a year from now, things will be back on the upswing and businesses would have recovered from this. But I don't, and including like the New York art scene, like Broadway and all the museums that have closed and all the arts and culture that New York is known for, hopefully will be back up and running. And so that we can enjoy the city as we know it. But I think, I don't know, I just think people will still be slow to re-enter. I also am under the impression that there's going to be a spike in people who are uh, identified as agoraphobics, who don't want to leave their homes and are confined by that fear to stay home. Mm -hmm. um, and there's going to be a huge influx of people who need to speak to therapists and people who should but won't. Some people who are going to actually go out and seek the help. Say again? I was just telling someone that yesterday. I was like, you should go probably talk to someone. I'm like, this is affecting yeah. me in a way. This is definitely affecting you in a type of way. I think people will be traumatized or are traumatized from this. Well, I also... Go ahead and finish up, sorry. No, yeah, just I'm just thinking about how this pandemic has affected individuals in varying degrees. Like, some people have lost many friends and family members over the course of a few months and they can't be with them in those last hours of their life and that's really difficult and then other people you know who have, may not have lost loved ones but they've lost their job they you know been dealing with other hardships and it's just hitting people differently and it so is. with that, I think the, um, the recovery will be felt differently by everyone. I think, yeah, it'll take a couple of years for certain things to come back. I, I think at first I didn't want to hear it. Like, oh, things won't be okay till 2022. Um, and like Kay said, I, I am a runner. So like my marathon, I had a marathon coming up in October as well. So um I don't know if that's going to happen. I haven't really deferred my entry till next year. Um, but there's a lot that comes with that. Like there's traveling, there's money to be spent on hotels or Airbnbs. There's people that are going to be scared. But I also like in Iceland, I saw this race that like had people running. And what was funny was that they had people spread out like six feet apart at the start. But then they would just like get together like when they started. And, right, like, in a cluster. In a so... At least in the running community that I've kind of been involved in, I guess, for the last couple of years, um, people are becoming a little bit more realistic with uh, things not going back to normal until there's a vaccine. So um, I think for a lot of us, it's mostly like if you want to be comfortable and happy and excited in your marathon, you're going to be doing that next year, not this year. You know, like, that's just the case with anything, you know, like a, a concert or like uh, even a restaurant, like you said, it's like, do I want to be fearful like, of me taking my mask off? No, but like, that's like a couple months from now, even like, you know, one, two, three. In a year, hopefully vaccine, a vaccine will be there and like, we will be tested. And I hear that we're doing much better with that. And like, maybe if we know that we have tests available, and like they can test us and we can know the results right away. Maybe that'll make it easier for us to go to shows. They're going to be capping the capacity for a lot of things. And like, we'll still be able to live a relatively normal life. But at the end of the day, like 30% of businesses will be gone. You know, your mm -hmm. favorite restaurant will be gone, especially mm -hmm. in New York. Um, so it's just going to take a long ass time. And I really didn't want to accept that. <laughs> But, like, this year, I keep telling everybody, I'm like, it's canceled. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Even, like, my job security, no idea. 
had to accept that, you know, I had to <laughs> keep my options open, you know, a month from now, maybe I'll still have a job a year from now, who knows what I'll be doing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, I've been thinking a lot about that and running is one of my passions and it's truly been upsetting to stay at home and not participate because I, I'm not fortunate or privileged to like have a backyard or like live in the middle of nowhere. But like at the same time, you know, you could, you, you have to do what you got to do to keep others safe. Like there's one thing me keeping myself safe, but then there's another like keeping others around you safe. So that's just so it's a lot it's a lot to like kind of take in and I know that I think people don't want to hear it or have been trying to avoid it or or saying or being pessimistic or optimistic but at the end of the day it's like you got to just think about yourself and you got to like be aware of your mental health and I, I, I read a tweet that I really liked that said like right now like every choice is not a bad choice that you make for your mental health like I have friends who are like should I eat this cookie I don't think I should eat, be eating, like, three or four cookies today. And I'm, like, you can't think about it like that. Like, if it's going to make you happy mm-hmm. and, like, just do it. Like, I don't, I feel like a blob. <laughs> but, like, it's okay to feel – it's okay because this is different times. None of us have mm-hmm. experienced this before. And none of us maybe won't – our future generations won't have to experience this, hopefully. I mean – Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I saw something the other day. Um, some positive words of encouragement from someone who said to just do something that makes you feel good every day. Like whether it's talking to a, a person who makes you laugh or eating a cookie or meditating or who knows, just trying to incorporate something that makes you feel good every day even if it's just like a small thing, watching a favorite show or, you know, just something that brings some light into your life during these dark times. I feel like there, there have been a boost or spike in the amount of comedies and possibly like action kind of movies, uh, and shows for people to watch in those ratings. Um, also, side note, watched The Goldfinch. Absolute trash. <laughs> I was not expecting that, but I guess I had read some of the reviews, which I maybe kept me away from it. But <laughs> 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. I read 24. the book. <laughs> I read the book. Uh, but still never finished. I feel like I had like five pages left, whatever, but <laughs> a waste. I'm so sorry, but an absolute fucking waste of two hours and like what, 47 minutes? Or what? T- it's almost three but hours long? It's, I know it's over two hours. Oh my God. And it's a full fucking waste. I remember it being but, a book, but what is it about? Oh. <laughs> okay, you're not gonna tell me. I'll just That's look it up. Too, <laughs> it's too long to get to. Essentially, it's about this painting that like gets into like this little boy's hands, and he takes it from him in him having in New York to his trails, going to live with his father in like Arizona, well Vegas, wherever that Vegas, and then. Um, it ending up in the hands of like drug dealers or some shit. But <laughs> the book's much more interesting than the movie and even the book is like not that interesting. But what I would also like to say is how stupid it is that Apple TV makes you rent or buy the movie, but then Amazon Prime has it for free. Oh, really? Yeah. But with Apple, you don't have to pay for Apple TV if you have like... Apple Music, right? A subscription to Apple Music? I'm not sure. So I recently got an iPad. And with the purchase of my iPad came a free year subscription to Apple TV. But absolutely Um, everything on there you have to rent or buy. So I don't understand what what the purpose of it is. I don't know. Like, so you're telling me that I have access to a magazine that all, like, 
a catalog that doesn't allow me to actually view anything. It's like, here's what you can have, but you also need to put more money in it to be able to get anything. It really is. Especially because like a lot of the things you can find elsewhere. Like this is 2020, you can stream everything online, you know, illegally download if that's your thing. But that's off topic, so. Beware of viruses. That's true. That is very true. And, uh, you know, do we, oh, do we have a la pregunta? Oh, yes, we do. Yay! Ooh. I'm not sure if you guys are ready for this. <laughs> Hit me. Are you sure? Sure. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the word Afro-Latino? or Afro-Latina, or Afro-Latinx. <laughs> I feel like I am not, I am the wrong person to be asking this because um, I think there are just so many different, uh, different opinions or different uh, definitions to what this means and it's just, I think a lot more complicated and as someone who isn't Afro-Latina like I I don't I don't know like I know that as a child and growing up I knew that I I put Brazilians under Afro-Latinas but that was only because in Peru and in like South America that's where predominantly black you know people in Latin America are from but that's not the case like there's Afro-Latinos everywhere. There are Black, you know, people in all parts of, like, South America or Central America. Same as, like, Asian, Chinese, Japanese, all over. So it's, like, I don't know. I think that as a Peru, as a Peruvian-American, which I would never say that before, as someone who comes from Peruvian family, I think I now classify myself as, like, Peruvian-American, even though I never really liked that. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it, uh, I think that's a question to ask someone who is Afro-Latina. Maybe they don't even go as Afro-Latina. I think there's many different terms for it as well. I think you can, saying Peruvian American would be fun though, because like your first generation, technically. Definitely. Uh, I like the idea of Afro-Latinx or Latina, Latino. Because there was a time where this wasn't a mainstream term. Mm. And, and I don't think that that demographic was really acknowledged as anything outside of Black or outside of Latinx. And so to acknowledge their identity as a combination of cultures, I think is positive because I'm sure it's hard for people who, even if you think about like multiracial or biracial people, it's like they want to recognize their heritage with all of its nuances. And so I think this is a a way to do that. And so just be proud of your blackness, be proud of your Latinx, (laughs) <laughs> I, I, yeah I also feel like it's all, it it very much uh, varies with a with region you're you're in um like the west coast versus east coast um I think it has a very different interesting um variance I guess um mm-hmm. also how a lot of Afro-Latinas today especially like in entertainment um are always kind of getting backlash for let's say doing or being black but then you have the black community lashing out saying that they're not you know that they're technically latina that they want to fall into this culture that's not technically theirs and so i i've been kind of viewing that and that's why like i guess i said what i said it's just like i don't know i don't know i i I like i love it i'm like if Mm -hmm. i were afro-latina i'd probably identify as that but i feel like there's so much that they're still learning even within themselves. And I just, I don't know. I don't appreciate all the backlash that a lot of like the entertainers who are Afro-Latina get um, only because they're 
are technically not black, I guess, but they are black. So it's, it's just like all of these people that are being really awful, but the internet is awful and people are awful. So they're going to say what they, they're going to say. That's very true. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you're both great in what you said. I respect both of your answers. And uh, what I wanted to share was that because what I broke it down to uh, and why I asked you this was because for some reason it popped into my head, but whatever that may be. Um, the word Afro refers to a hairstyle, a texture of hair, a type of hair, a do, if you will. And then the term Latino, Latina, Latinx refers to heritage, culture, you know. So putting them together, I was like, well, how do these technically go together? Isn't it just you're saying that you have someone who is Latinx with a certain hairstyle and then that's why you're identifying them the way you are? And then I, where do where does that stop? Like what line does that stop? Like is it just the kinkier your hair is and if you identify as a Latinx person, you fall into the category of being Afro Latina or I mean Afro Afro Latin Latinx. I don't yeah. think it's that literal. Well, I mean I don't I, that, that's I, why I said oh go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I just don't when I hear the term Afro Latina, I'm not expecting to see a woman with an Afro. Um, I'm, I'm, I really don't have an expectation of a, a person who identifies as Afro Latina and what their physical makeup will be. But what I do interpret that to mean is someone who comes from both cultures. And I don't know why, I don't know who came up with the term Afro-Latina or Latino. Um, but I, understand, I hear what you're saying. It's kind of like a mismatch. Like they could be called Black, Latina. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, no, that's the thing. It's like where white Latinos aren't called white Latinos, you know, or like... Caucasian Latinos or European Latinos and that's right. where that's where it gets that's why the whole Latino Latinx even Latino don't even like the term Latinx because then it's genderless and it's like Latinas <laughs> and your whole language is gender it, it's just become <laughs> such a shit show <laughs> yeah. the whole world is falling apart we need, we need, you know what we need? We need an Afro, someone who identifies as Afro-Latina on the show so they can explain it to yes, us. Yes, 100%. We need Cardi B. Like, somebody who's like completely you know? talking about it. Let's get Cardi B on the show. I mean, I, it could happen. <laughs> I'm sure she has not much else to do besides raise her child, be a wife, and stay under court, dude. Uh, but I thank you for your input and your answers. Um, hopefully you guys out there listening can definitely like respond to this if you want and if you will in a positive light. Uh, and if you choose to do so, you can do that uh, either with an email at askgagreflex at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-G-A-G-R-E-F-L-E-X at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter. And you can do that at Gag Reflex Pod, G-A-G-R-E-F-L-E-X-P-O-D. Those are our handles. Please tweet us, like us, uh, slide in the DMs on both platforms, uh, comment, subscribe, rate, like, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your daddy, spread the word. Send it to someone. Tell people to listen because there ain't shit else to do but <laughs> listen to other people talk or read people's words because that's the way we live now. <laughs> Thank you. <man. laughs> like I can't see. I'm not as visible as I was, what, like 40 minutes ago? <laughs> or when this show started, rather. I don't even know what time we're at. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. 
Alright, that's our show. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Adiós.